is now. We need you all the time. There's not a time we don't need you, Lord. There are things that we see and things that we don't see. And we need you all of the time to help us through and to help us to be victorious in all things. So we thank you for that, Lord. We bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. You know, I want to pray for some people because when I was praying over people's finances, I sent some people have some fear about their finances. And the Lord told me to tell you to fear not. Amen. So I did break fear off the ones I felt were, were um, where the enemy has told you, you won't have it. You won't have enough or be careful. Don't get too carried away with this Christmas stuff. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, I go into debt every Christmas, and I do it on purpose just to show devil I'm not scared. Got me? Now, you may not want to do what I do, but for me, it's, it's a principle. Uh, if I find him trying to get too much in my business, I give him some business to get in, involved in. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so you want to get involved in clearing up some debt? Devil, let's have it going on. But, uh, you know, I'm not fearful as far as the things of this life are concerned. They're going to pass away. This is not enough to keep me up at night. You understand what I'm saying? Used to, but I learned, as they say. I'm delivered. I'm delivered. So anyway, (laughs) praise God. So anyway, praise God. So Psalm 119.50, your word, one translation says, your word preserves my life. It says, this is my comfort in my affliction. Hmm? Anybody afflicted? I know I am off and on. In my body, sometimes in my mind, not so much in my mind anymore. God has helped me and restored and renewed my mind. He says, but your word for your word, this is my comfort. This is what comforts you when things aren't going well, when you have symptoms in your body, when you're tired. When you're overwrought, when the enemy is bombarding you with all kinds of thoughts of insecurity, this is how you comfort yourself. Amen? And it says your word, in that that translation says your word quickens me, but there is another translation that says your word preserves my life. The word of God preserves your life. One example I always think of when I see that scripture, I think about Joshua and Caleb. Remember, if there is ever an example of the power of the word when you hold on to it in spite of everything else that's going on around you. They were the two spies that went and spied out the land and came back with a good report. They said, we're well able to take this land. Everybody else said, oh, we'll never make it. We're like grass. You see the size of some dudes over there? They're so big. We can't do nothing with them. And so the majority won out with the evil report. But let me tell you something. I don't care how big a majority is speaking ill and speaking evil. You hold on to God's word. Because you know what Joshua and Caleb lived to see? They lived to see all the evil report people fall dead in the wilderness. They did a funeral every day. You got me? And at the end of all of that 40 years, they came out alive. 
still strong, still well able to take what did Caleb said, give me my mountain. I'm well able. I, I'm the, I have the strength now that I had when I was 40 years old. Amen. And that's the way that's what that's God's word. That's what God's word will do for you. It will preserve your life. It will preserve your health. It will preserve your youth. The word preserves you. Amen. All you got to do is not get crazy like the people around you and quit. Just keep holding on to it. I don't care what they say or what it looks like. You hold on to the word of the Lord. Hold on to what God has told you. Hold on and, and grab for more. That's what I do. When you see it slipping away from you, you grab more word. Amen. You grab, grab on to it like it is your very life because it is. The Bible says that Noah passed judgment on the whole world because he believed God. His, your faith passes judgment on others' unbelief. That's why your sinner uh, co-workers don't like you. You know, you ever had people say stuff like, you can't judge me, and you're not doing anything. That's your faith. Your faith in God is talking. Amen? So just let it talk. It's going to talk whether you want it to or not. Huh? I've seen all these so-called closet Christians up here. The... <laughs> your faith is going to talk one way or the other. Huh? Amen. I, I was telling the story, I think, a, a little bit ago about, you know, how I was working in a women's ministry. and We had this little uh, continental breakfast we would have. And, you know, you get dressed up real nice. And every time I would go get dressed up nice, some devil started manifesting right at the table. I said, oh, God, come on. Huh? Why me? But But they know who you are when you know God. You got me? They know who you are, and they got to report to somebody. <laughs> you got me? And, and so I, I just I said, I just want to dress nice and sit and have a nice garden. I'm going to eat my Danish anyway. Never got the Danish, never got the coffee, never got nothing. You know what I'm saying? Taking care of God's business and, and casting out devils and praying for people. You got me? And so you do what you have to do. But, but the anointing points you out. It's like you got a sign on your back that says, kick me, hate me, run from me. <laughs> you know, a prophet told me, God's going to find you. What did uh, Waller said? God's going to find you companionship. I said, well, I would like to know in what life. Because they all run from you. You know what I'm saying? It's the minute your mouth flies open, it's like, okay, hey, whatever. We're going we gonna to work with it, okay, Lord? We're going to work with it. So we let God handle all that stuff. But listen, I couldn't pick anybody if I wanted to. You understand what I'm saying? Because the, the presence of God speaks louder than I can. You got me? And it's a safeguard for you. You know, it's, it's a protection for you. And it helps God to, to find somebody that you are compatible with, that he wants to be in your company. So, so go with it. Amen? Just, just go with it, whatever. But that word is there to preserve you. That relationship with God is there to preserve you. Amen? It, if you stay close to God, you're, you're above harm. 
you'll see all kinds of things go on around you. A thousand will fall by your side and 10,000 by your right hand, but it won't come near you. Amen. And so, <clears throat> amen. All because you trust God's word. So really, it's the word that you believe and obey because faith is an action. You can't believe and just sit. Your, your faith in God causes you to get up and do something. The Bible says Abraham believed God and he went and did what God told him to do. The first thing God will do is separate you from sin and familiarity. He'll get you away from that crowd that used to pull you down. He'll get you away from the temptation to go back. He'll, close, he'll cause the Red Sea to part and then close it back up on you you try to get back over again you understand me and so god is serious about keeping us in his safety zone so that his word can manifest in us his word can prosper us his word can lead us and cause us to do the things that god wants us to do so faith is an action abraham believed god and did what god told him to do notice he didn't ask 15 people in the family Huh? God never saves you by consensus. He saves you by individual decision. He will do everything in your life the same way. He doesn't need. I remember I would I would ask God when my husband was alive, I would 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 respect that he had plans and he wanted us to do things so forth and so on. And so I would I would ask him. I said, "Well, God, I, God would tell me to do things like when he told me want to start the ministry. And I said, oh, God, I don't know. I said, people tell me that women can't be ministers unless their husbands are in a ministry. And he said, I didn't get his permission to save you. Amen. He said, I'm not going to ask his permission to do nothing else in your life. And so I found that many times God would speak to him before he even talked to me about things and prepared him for the fact. Huh? It's leftovers tonight because she got to preach. You understand what I'm saying? Or pony up with some more dress money. Oh, love that about God. He he would ask me things like he said, "Well, he said, well, if you got to preach, what do you what do you need to wear?" I said, "Oh." <laughs> bingo uh, so don't be afraid of anything girls and Jenna but men be very afraid get scared y'all but he wanted me to look nice all the time I mean you know how men are they want you to look nice I mean period but you know if you got to go represent and he didn't he wasn't even believing God at the time you understand what I'm you gotta go represent you gotta do it right now you understand what i'm saying so so god will take care of every his word believing and acting on his word will open those kinds of doors of favor for you amen and those doors of blessing so abraham did not need to mull over it and seek a confirmation we need to do something in obedience to god's command immediately when we hear his voice this is so very important. So many times we'll hear, I was just speaking, I was talking to Howard this morning before the meeting got started. We were just, you know, 
back and forth a little bit. And, and so he was saying that, oh, yeah, he said, you know, I had an opportunity. He said, Lil Howard had asked me about a chord that they could have used today. And he said, and I thought about it, and I said, well, we got the setup. And I said, well, I said, and I almost told him to bring it, and I said, nah, that's okay. And I told him, I said, I did the same thing. I can't remember what I did it with, but, but there are many times when you'll say things like, something told me. And then you'll see that whatever that something was, was preparing you for something that was to come so that you didn't have to struggle. Now, it's not that we can't do a video, but we want to do the way we always do, and that little cord would have saved the trouble of having to do it with the laptop camera. That's what we're doing now. But God cares about every little, that's all I'm saying. He cares about every little thing, and he will help you. His word will will preserve your life. It'll preserve your ease. It'll make things easy for you. He doesn't want us to have a hard life. I don't know where that attitude, well, I know it came from the devil. He lies all the time. But, you know, anything that makes life with God hard is a lie. This is the easiest life. All you got to do is be cool. You understand what I'm saying? You don't have to do anything extraordinary. Many of us are, are expecting maximum results on minimal obedience because we don't obey immediately. I mean, just... And sometimes if, if, if all you can do is say yes to God immediately when he tells you he wants you to do something, that yes is enough obedience for him to put you in motion to do the rest of it. But if you just sit there and don't say anything and act like he's not God and he's talking to you, he deserves respect of an answer. And so we have to acknowledge God, the Bible says, in all of your ways. And then he will direct where you're going. you got to acknowledge that that's him. So I told Howard, I said, Howard, I've been doing that recently. I've been aware more recently that I have been doing it. I said, and I believe God wants us now to start stepping up. Oh, yeah, I know what it was. I had my hands on uh, a pound of cheese, grated cheese, in the refrigerator this morning. I was getting ready to pack it, and I asked Jackie, I said, what is this for? She said, I said, did you buy this? She said, yeah. She said, it's for tomorrow. I said, listen, girl, we're going to have so much cheese running around there. I, I want to take this. I said, we do tomorrow, tomorrow, you know. That's the way I feel about things. I don't feel good leaving stuff behind that would help you. I mean, you know, tomorrow it's going to have to take care of itself, the Bible. So anyway, but I put it back. I was being a nice girl. I should have took that cheese. Huh? And spanked her if and spanked her if she whined about it. You understand? <laughs> no, she wouldn't do that. But you understand what I'm saying. Those things, those are the important things. And we think, oh well, we made it okay. We went out, we got more cheese, blah blah blah. That's not the point. Making it is not the point. It's cultivating that relationship to obey the voice, to know and obey the voice of God. Because he's helping us. That's his word to us to help us in all situations. I'm telling you, there's so many. God is talking to us about things all the time. And in ways that we don't even understand sometimes. But he is, he is prompting us now to know his voice and to obey his voice because he wants to help us. He wants to keep us 
close to him and doing things successfully. And the only success we can have is in obedience to God. So we need to immediately believe and obey God's word. And there's a reason for this is because the word has life preserving properties in it. It will preserve your life from one situation to the next. It has life-preserving properties in it. Amen. The word of God, according to John 1, 4, is light, L-I-G-H-T. The word also, the Bible says, is a lamp unto our feet. It guides you in the right way to go. You don't stumble as in darkness. When you obey the word of God. It is also life. L-I-F-E. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. In, In him was life. And this life was the light of men. So all people flock to it. Unless they like darkness. You know and then they hide from it. But those who want the light will gravitate toward the light of God that's in us. Amen. John 17, 17, God's word is truth. Jesus told told the Lord, ask the Father to sanctify us, set us apart with his truth. Thy word is truth. So the word that you obey and believe, I don't care how little or how or how how much what you think about it you think it's a lot you think it's little whatever you think about it it sets you apart you're special to God he wants to find you because there is light in you somebody needs that light you got me somebody somewhere needs the light that you have that's in you so the bible says let it shine don't hide it amen don't try to go in and be cool all the time and use the latest slang and all that. It's it's really sad when people look at you one day, find out you're, I didn't know you were a Christian. They should know. You got me? They should know. Psalm 119.89, thy word, O Lord, is settled forever settled in heaven. And that's all that counts. It doesn't matter what is spoken about the word down here on earth. It's what's said about it in heaven. Amen. And so whatever heaven says goes. Whatever heaven says is is settled. Now we can debate the word down here all day long. But as far as God is concerned, it's settled. Sin is sin. If it's not repented of, it will take you to hell. You got me? But you don't have to go. Huh? You can be a Christian <laughs> like we are. Amen. <laughs> Get the fiery darts thrown at you all day long. But it's already settled. Amen. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away. But God's word stands forever. Whatever God is holding up with his word will stand. Psalm one nineteen eighty nine. That the word is eternal. It is an eternal word. It's a forever word. So that's why when, you're, when you confess Christ, you go to heaven. You get eternal life on the inside of you. So it's settled to the fact that it's eternal. It will go on forever. <clears throat> you must believe the word is greater than anything. 
you're going to get the benefits of the word, you've got to believe it's greater than anything. Many times we, we give in to the habit of thinking a problem. You know, when something comes up, uh, we try to let that take root in our thoughts and, and meditate on that and then amplify it and act like it's going to do something. But the word of God, once you apply the word of God to your situation, uh, you need to know that the word is greater than anything that puts up a challenge to it. Right? If, if you, uh, God tells you that you will not be uprooted from your home, the land he has given you, and, and then all these bills start showing up and people start, or, you know, temporary sickness might hit you. So there you got two of them where the, the devil is trying to put the curse back on you again. You know, get you sick so that you can't work and then take your house. You understand? Take everything you've worked for. And so you've got to believe, and, and don't be one of these people that, oh, God, uh, did, what did I do? And uh, did I do this right? Did I do that right? How many of y'all know that's the time to lawyer up? Huh? Because all your do rights, you know, that that's kind of like eternal trouble right there. Your do rights ain't going to cash you out of that one. You understand what I'm saying? Now, I have nothing against being obedient and doing the right thing. But most of us know we can take three right steps and do four wrong. And sometimes if you really get in a snit, you can tie one on. Huh? You go for days, weeks, or and or months, some people years, being angry, being upset for nothing, being looking at other people with the with the stink eye, you know. That kind of stuff. I mean, it's seriously. And that's not gonna get you where God wants you to go. So if you if that's what you what you are our understanding is a hindrance to your receiving what God has for you. Just repent and ask God to forgive you. God, I don't know how I got messed up like this. But here I am again. I said I wasn't. The last time I did it, I said I wasn't going to do it anymore. Some habits are hard to break, folks. Some of them are, you got to, it'll be a life project getting yourself free from some entanglements. You understand what I'm saying? Don't don't get this happy-go-lucky attitude about everything. Learn to take God seriously and learn to take his covenant seriously. His covenant is a, one of righteousness where he expects you to appropriate the righteousness that Jesus Christ prepared for us. And that's through for, repentance and forgiveness, confessing your sins. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So that's where you want to go. You don't want to go to your uh, what you do right and what you do wrong and all this kind of stuff. Just get it dealt with. Amen? And let God cleanse you. Let him put that robe of righteousness upon you so that you can know that God is active in your life again, that it's forgiven. So the devil doesn't beat you up with guilt and condemnation and tell you shouldn't have done this and shouldn't have done that. Yeah, devil, I did it. But I know somebody who did over and above what I did in righteousness. And I wear his, I wear his mantle now. Amen? Amen. I'm not trying to get through this on me. 
you kidding me? <laughs> so heaven and earth will pass away, but the word stands forever. You've got to believe the word is greater. I don't care how much pain you're in. You've got to believe the word is greater than pain. The word is greater than cancer. The word is greater than sickness. The word is greater. Proverbs 4:20 to 22 says, "My son, attend to my words." In other words, pay attention to what I'm telling you. Incline your ear to my sayings. Listen to nobody else. Let him not depart from your eyes and keep him in the midst of your heart. Keep him right in here. Meditate. Love that word. Why? Because it's life to those that find it and health or medicine to all their flesh. When you confess and meditate on the word, you pump an infusion of healing into your body continually. Amen. That's your Holy Ghost IV. Amen. It's a continual infusion of healing and health into your flesh. There's no such thing as uh, death is a healing. You know, you hear old crazy people, denominational people sometimes say stuff like that. No, you know what? I think I'll pass that one up. I think I'll take my healing on this side. Amen. So, you know, the con job stuff, anything that because they don't know how to help you get it. People tell you anything. So there's life and there's health or medicine in God's word. There's medicine there for the sick body. I was sharing scripture with somebody that was um, diagnosed with cancer. And I really wanted to be able to spend more time with them. But it just God just didn't open the door for that. You understand what I'm saying? It's not that I didn't want to do it or I was too busy or whatever. But God just did not open the door for it. And And so, but... I would go in and speak the word. Now, see, I've done this before, and people got healed. God healed them. So this is what you do. You go in and you begin to speak life. You begin to do Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. Attend, pay attention to my word. Incline that. And, and you would go in and they would be discouraged and, and sad looking. And then all of a sudden, we open up. The word, Isaiah 53. All we like sheep have gone astray. You know, and you share around that. I said, girl, you know, I was a, a, a pistol when I wasn't saved. I was too. I said, but God laid on him the iniquity of us all. See, that takes care of the sin issue. Sometimes the devil's condemning people. Sometimes people ain't really talked to God and repented in ages. Truth, truth be told. And that's your churchgoers. Just a thought. Now, if that shoe is too tight, take it off for a minute. I'll give you a bigger one to put on. You understand what I'm saying? We all do that. You know, don't get cute with me. Because you understand what I'm saying. It's always the other guy. It's always somebody else's fault. You know, we haven't been to the altar and, and cleansed ourselves in the blood and who knows when. We've just been going about your business. 
Sometimes you need to take a little blood bath. You got me? Uh, just, just go cleanse and spruce yourself up in the presence of God. Amen. Go humble. That's what I always say. Go humble. Amen. So, but, but when, when they would listen to the word or we would share the word and, uh, and by his stripes, we were healed. I'm healed. You're healed. We're healed by what Jesus did. He took that so you wouldn't have to be sick. And before, before a half hour is done, the countenance changes. And their lightness comes back into their countenance. And they begin to get encouraged. And they begin to speak life out of their own spirit. You got me? And so God says, and I say, well, God, why doesn't that? I said, I can see what happens when, when they receive the word and they begin to speak the word. And I said, what's, what's up with the not getting the healing? You know, why is it not enough? And he said, I can't deny myself. He said, they respond because I can't deny myself. I said, my word is life and it's medicine and health. He said, and, and I'm not going to just let that not happen for them. And, but we know why it doesn't stick, because it doesn't stick. The relatives come back in. You understand what I'm saying? That'll kill it. That kills a party every single time. And see, they'll ignore you for 20 years. Don't like you because you serve God. And then when they find out you're sick, they right there hovering over the bed all the time. And see, I, it, God always timed it so I didn't have to confront any of that. You understand what I'm <laughs> I guess to make us all pleasant. But sometimes people have set in motion what's going to happen to them. You know, it's if I ever get cancer, I'm not going to, you understand what I'm saying. Or they've never had to fight for their health. And it seems overwhelming to them. See, once you, I'm telling you, sometimes these experiences, if you let God take you through them. I'm not one of these people, whatever don't kill you makes you stronger. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Because if you don't go through it with God, you don't get any gain out of it. You're just a survivor. You want to be an overcomer. I'm not a survivor. I'm an overcomer. Amen. You know, you, you've seen the word work. You've had to apply the word because that was all you had. Amen. You had to believe God for a bad marriage in the crapper to breathe, breathe life into it. Huh? And to love somebody who tells you they want to leave you. You got to go kiss them on the cheek and wipe your mouth. <laughs> it's just a joke. I'll lighten up everybody. But you understand what I'm saying. Don't, don't play me on that kind of stuff. Huh? Because I know what it takes and I know it's possible. And I know when I'm talking to a quitter. You understand what I'm saying? And I know when I'm talking to an overcomer. And so God will, will put you in the company of overcomers sometimes. He will allow you the privilege of helping people even if they don't know how to take the whole help. He can't deny himself. If it's on your heart, if you have compassion welling up in your heart to help people, he knows, he knows where you're at. If you're a friend, you're a pastor, whatever your station is, you want to function faithfully. 
in that position. And God will allow you to function faithfully in that position. So don't feel bad like you didn't know something or you couldn't help somebody if they didn't take the cure the whole way. You just keep obeying God. But God cannot deny himself. Amen. He cannot deny it. He has to function. He has to perform. That's why a lot of times we can pray for people and they get better for a little while and then they go home to be with the Lord. I have people like that. There was a lady that came. She had cancer and she was uh, in a wheelchair when she came into the healing meeting. She pushed somebody out. She had a purse in the wheelchair pushing it out when we got out. Six weeks later, she passed away. Her family killed her. Unbelievers, grandkids all over the place, no daddies. That'll kill anybody. I know that ain't good for a saint. You know, you got to be around and try to figure out how to feed these kids, what's going to happen to their future and all that. Kind of. You don't need that kind of burden and cancer is eating your body up. You got me? Sometimes if you can remove people from their situation and work with them long enough for it to start to stick, you know. But God can't deny himself. He will not deny himself. He will perform on his word. If we step out there in faith on that word, he will perform it. Amen. It's up to them to cling to it and allow it to work and do the whole job for them. Amen. So God wants, though, everybody to receive his word. Sometimes they don't get healed and and they have a peaceful exit out of life so don't condemn people if they don't jump up out the wheelchair for you huh just just have to learn some wisdom let people be who they are but you're there to help them amen the the word has different abilities to perform for us based on the condition of our hearts. If you turn to Mark chapter 4. It's a story about the, the, the parable of the seed and the sower and the different types of soil. Mark chapter 4 and start in verse 1. He said, he began again to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship, sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. It came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and ate it up. Some fell on stony ground. It didn't have much earth to cling to or the roots couldn't go down. Immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. Because it had no root, it withered away. Some fell among thorns and the thorns grew and oh, it choked it out and it didn't yield fruit. The other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased 30, 60, 100 fold. And he says, when they were alone, verse 10, um, 
he said to the twelve, they asked him about the parable. He said to them, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom. That is to you, to me and to you. Those who are covenant people, we have the right to know the mystery of the kingdom. But to them who are without, all these things are done in parables. So the sinner can't really understand God's word like a believer can. You can try to help some people. You understand what I'm saying? That don't know God. If God doesn't really give you wisdom on how to break things down and really, I mean, people who are really inquisitive about God, um, you can lose them very quickly trying to plant them over into the kingdom and they're not repentant people. You got me? So, and why would God tell mysteries to outsiders that he can't trust? You give the a thief the keys to your kitchen or your household and they'll rob everything that you have see god is still trying to take the thief out of his own kids just a thought i know some of you don't answer to that word but uh-huh how many times have you told god you were going to do something and use what you had for something else that's the thief in all of us. He knows what he's doing. Amen. That's why you don't get everything you want immediately. It's, it's an issue of stewardship. That's always going to override anything that you think you want to do. It's what did you do with the last that he gave you? He wants you to give an account all the time of things. Amen. So, and, and many times that's why we never get any further. Remember, we used to say, I said goodbye to my $5 offer, and I said goodbye to the $10. And we need to say goodbye over and over and over again to a certain level of giving if we're going to increase in God. Now, if you ain't interested in increasing, you know I'm talking to somebody else. But you'll have to kiss some levels goodbye to move up to a higher level. It only hurts for a little while. You get used to it. Amen. You get used to it. Because you say to yourself, I'm doing this for my future growth. I'm doing this so my children will always have food. They'll always have a roof. I'm doing this for, I'm not doing this for me. Amen. I'm doing this for my future. Amen. And so many times if we're not future oriented, we tend too much to live in the present. Amen. So he says here, these are the mysteries. So he's going to break it down to them so they understand it. And he says uh, that seeing they may see and not hear, not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand. In other words, there are people, you ever see people that, that say they've been in the church 20 years and never grow? That's these people. They see and don't perceive. Because they stand on the outside of things all the time. They want to sit back and see what God is going to do in your life before they decide to get involved and start believing. Huh? Now, I've seen it. People you haven't seen in a while there. You still, did, did, uh, did you ever get that house you was believing God for? Did your husband ever come home? Did you ever... They're standing outside 
of the things of God, looking in to see, and God's not telling them anything. If you had the house, the car, the husband, and everything else, they're still not going to believe God. So you're, so don't feel intimidated when people want to come up to you and check you out and see what your faith is producing in your life. Because they're not going to believe God based on nothing you do anyway. They want to use your struggle as an excuse for them not doing anything. And this is them. They're blind. Seeing, they can look all they want, but they can't see what's going on. Hearing, they hear and don't understand deadly squat. Lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. Now, if you flip the, the reasoning around in this, you're converted when your eyes see accurately and your ears hear accurately. And that's how you get healed. You get converted and God heals you. Conversion is when that, that thing in your brain that keeps telling you God won't heal you now. Or don't bother to come up to the altar this time to get prayer. Because remember what happened the last time. You're still the same. Nothing ever changes. See, that in your brain needs to be converted into stop challenging God's word. Stop telling me that I can't have it when God's word says it can. And you're going to have to fight yourself to convince your spiritual self that God's word is real. You can't help but challenge it sometimes. Look at what we listen to all day long. You understand what I'm saying? You got 15 different uh, news programs going on, gossip everywhere, the real housewives, the fake husbands, huh? And the part time boyfriends. You got all that stuff to deal with, huh? Then you say, oh, yeah, well, see, she a Christian, and that one a Christian. I don't care. They wallowing around in pig blood right now. You understand what I'm saying? You don't subject your head to that kind of stuff because all it does is it increases your flesh, and that's what you're trying to kill to get out of you so you can get a healing. I don't care what you feed. Feeding the flesh is feeding the flesh. I don't care. Well, see, I wasn't really listening to nothing bad. Are you kidding me? You let that strife come into your home on a regular basis? And they're getting a paycheck and you can't get your body healed. Come on now. So here we have the stony ground. Let me find that one. He explains it. Yeah. Okay, we'll go 13. Know you not this parable, and how then will you know all parables? In other words, this one's a biggie. You don't understand this, you won't understand much in the Word. It's amazing how long it took the church to get revelation on the power of faith in the Word of God. We just had that. Movement started probably about 60 years ago, and a lot of people haven't caught on yet because we just hear and don't understand. 
we see and don't perceive. Why? Because we're just sitting on the outside looking for something we're interested in. Mm-hmm. But he says the sower sows the word. In other words, this isn't just seed for vegetables or anything else. This is sowing the word. These are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard it, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, anybody that's been to church with immature people. You know this is true. When you first start getting into the word, I did it when I was an immature Christian. You go out the door and you want to talk about what the pastor didn't say right in the sermon. Amen? Or he wasn't preaching like he usually do. That's something ain't right somewhere. You know, that kind of stuff. So that's the devil coming to steal the, the word that was. You didn't care, come for his lifestyle. You didn't, you didn't come to judge him. You didn't come to, if you're going to judge somebody, just go to a different church. You understand what I'm saying? But if you came for God, then you fight to hold on to the word that was just sown in your heart. You understand what I'm saying? You, you tell people, now, well, listen, we ain't going to go through that conversation. I'm trying to hold on to what I got today. We're not going to talk about nobody immediately before we even get out of service. You understand what I'm saying? I did it when I was a young Christian. Everything rubbed me the wrong way. And I didn't understand that I was in legalism and not really understanding what I was there for. I was there to receive, not judge. Got me? And so if if you'll understand that and stay humble to God in receiving the word, then you'll get what's. But immediately Satan comes to take the word away that was sown in their hearts. These are they the likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves, endure for a time. How many times have you seen this afterwards when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended? So we're going to talk about the stony ground because that's what most people deal with. You understand what I'm saying? There's always this challenge to you that the the enemy wants to pull you away from serving God based on whether or not you get what you want from God. That's where most Christians live. Now when he says it falls on stony ground, that stony ground, the, the ground that you, you plant, in anybody who's planted grass or you plant a garden, you know that what do you do? Instead of messing with them, them big clunks and stuff, what do you do? You go by topsoil. Huh? Because topsoil's ready to plant in. Nobody wants to go through the trouble of pulling out all those big hunks of clay and tilling all that stuff and winnowing it down to where it's finely ground so you can plant in it. But that's exactly what you got to do to get healed. That's exactly what you got to do to get anything you want from God. You got to prepare the soil of your heart, which means that there are things in your heart that will rob the word of God from you. Things you've been taught all your life 
that if you are not careful, they will represent stones in the in the earth of your heart. And when the word tries to get planted in, it kicks it out and it won't abide for a long time in you. That's why sometimes when you are fighting symptoms, they keep coming back on you because your mind will tell you, well, it, it don't take all that. That's the first thing the devil will tell your mind. You'll you'll make up your mind. I'm going to spend all day in the word. I'm going to put YouTube on. I'm going to plug in Brother Hagan, or I'm going to go on the ministry YouTube and listen to the healing schools. I'm going to be there all day long until I get my healing. Now, that's a God idea that came to you. But what the devil wants you to, to do is look at how long a day is. And the first thing he'll tell you, it don't take all that. Then people who get their healing, that so-and-so, remember so-and-so's testimony? They said that they got healed. They just went to a Benny Hinn meeting and got healed. It don't take all day in the word to get no healing from God. And then little by little, the enthusiasm where you felt you it was worth it to you to pay any price to get this off your body, now all of a sudden it's too much. That stony ground. That stone has been in there of not wanting to pay the price or feeling like what God asks you to do is too much. You can't do it. Nobody can do that. Who can do all of that and get their healing? Or you hear people confess the word for seven or eight hours a day. They had cancer that was eating their their body up. And you want to try to find a shortcut. The stony ground. See, stony ground represents what you are not willing to do to pay the price to till the soil in your heart. God can't plant your healing in somebody else's heart. He's got to plant it in yours. And many times all we need to do is listen to what's opposing us on the inside. Listen to what that thing is telling you. Listen to what it's saying. And you say, ah, I cast you down. And cast down imaginations. You don't entertain imaginations. You don't let the devil hold you hostage for a few hours of listening to the word. Resentful that you have to pay the price. It's the other stone. The stone of resentment. How come it can't come some other way? How come I can't have this like this? How come I can't do this like that? Arguing with the spirit of God, the spirit of grace. And so all of these stones, you that word will not get planted in you. If it does, you'll hold on to it for a little bit. Ever done that? I'm going to listen to my, my healing tapes until I'm healed. And then after an hour or two, you get up and go do something else. It's true. Look at me like I didn't committed a crime. All I did was open my Bible and try to be faithful what God told me to do, tell y'all. <laughs> Your health has to fight obstacles in order to be maintained. No case is impossible. I don't care how long it's been, it's not too long. If you will do if you will obey God, sometimes it God just wants to encourage us and will relieve our immediate suffering with very little effort. And then we think it's a party then. Oh, I only had to do 10 minutes to get. Remember them days you would you would almost break your toe off 
at the edge of the, you know, coffee table or something like that, you bump into it. And you start confessing the word, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. In the matter of like 10 minutes or so, all the pain's gone. You thought it was going to be hanging off to the side. And you look down and it's all perfectly, remember them days? They were preparing us for the more challenging times. It's not going to roll like that all the time. You understand what I'm saying? Everybody wants it easy all the time. Sometimes we need to stay in the word longer. Let me just put it that way. Sometimes you just need to feast on the word like you did when you didn't have no friends and nobody loved you and you were rejected and hurt and all that kind of stuff and you read your word. You slept with your Bible. Wow. I know I slept with mine. I had a Bible. I kept it in my purse. I took it every, I took that Bible to the nut house with me when I got admitted. You understand what I'm saying? Took that Bible everywhere. And so I know that God has a plan for us to get rid of that stony ground. And trust me, when I was mentally ill, I had a lot of stony ground. Huh? Didn't like nobody. I was treated worse than anybody I knew. I was never going to get better. I was incurable. I was all that stuff. So here you go in the word, looking for for something to give you help and digging rocks out of your heart, digging the stones out of your heart every day, renouncing this. God, I'm sorry for that. Please forgive me for that, Lord. Help me to understand how to be a humble person, how to be a, a helpful person, that kind of stuff. So we have to do what we have to do, folks. It's not hard to do this. But we think just showing up at church is going to get us something, I guess. I don't know. But but this is a serious commitment to God. If you want the benefits of the word, you got to pay the labor for the word. And hearing the word and obeying the word. There are things God tells me to do. I said, no, come on, Lord. This, how come it's always coming out of my pocket? How come I can't have somebody putting something in my pocket sometimes? Price. Huh? It's a price. Everything costs something. You ever had anything for free? Huh? Everything costs something. And until that all God is gone, I'll have to keep doing it over and over again. Until I gladly do it. You understand what I'm saying? Now I'll hop to it, trust me. But something in me is trying to resist it the whole way. You understand what I'm doing? I'm saying, it's like this. God, I'm thankful you do trust me to do these things for you. I'm thankful you put me in a position to be able to afford to do some of these things for you. But come on, you know, when that's gone, then I'm free. You understand what I'm saying? The reservation at the end. You do the obedience. You allow God to use you. But then at the end of the day, you still, oh, God, pick somebody else next. You know what I'm saying. That's got to go. It's stony ground. See? That'll hinder the growth of the good seed that God wants to put in there to cause me to flourish the way he sees me being able to flourish in life. You understand me? That there are certain things you're called upon just because he called you. 
He don't have to he don't have to have any reason for just you all the time. You understand what I'm saying? We have to step up to it and do what he tells us to do. We have to forgive often. I mean, that's a mandate. Mark 11, 20, 24 says that. When you stand praying, forgive. That's another stone in your heart. That cold love will cause the promises of God to flee your life faster than anything will. You can't cheat on it. He ain't playing about this. Why? Because you have the ability to love. Amen? You got the Holy Ghost in you. Sometimes we disliking people that don't know God and don't have it. You know, sometimes we just like to beat up on people, I guess. I don't know what it is. But, but you know, you feel good because you're in a place and they're not. You have to watch this another stone that will keep, keep the good word of God from growing. Once you really get a concept of this and you weigh one thing against the other, like, like I like being mad at people who do that certain thing and, and looking better than they do or judging them or lording it all over them versus my health, my life. My prosperity, all this. When you start to really weigh one against the other, you'll make the right decision. You understand what I'm saying? You will make the right decision. But until then, we get in this petty nonsense of who said what to who, and then Christians at it again. And huh? You weigh that against. I did. I remember when I was 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 depressed and I couldn't get I couldn't get healed for like four years, close to five. I remember when I had a breakthrough. I read the parable about the unjust servant, the guy. So he owed some some guy owed him a little bit of money. No, he owed somebody a lot of money and they forgave him the debt. And then somebody owed him a little bit and he threw him in jail. And God said, see, that's where you are. I see if I told some people that they, well, she just, she just mean. <laughs> Did you hear what she said to me? It's in the Bible. See, that helped me because that focused in on my problem. After that day, I couldn't, I couldn't deny what the issue was. So that's a help to you. So you go take care of it at the throne room of God. And you ask God to help you to watch yourself, not to get in unforgiveness. Because if it's held you hostage long enough to make you sick, it's a pretty strong boy in your life. You understand what I'm saying? So you begin to guard your heart. You keep short accounts with God. You don't get mad at anybody for so long. You understand what I'm saying? Because it'll start to show up in your physical man. And so you begin to understand what the stones consist of in your garden. And you start tending it. We break up stones all the time. You have to fight to maintain your health. So your health has to fight all these obstacles in order to to, uh, get your body so that your health can take over your body and sickness can leave. Stony soil chokes the word. All these other ideas compete with the word for dominance in your life. It says they receive the word with gladness. 
Sometimes we're too much in the flesh. You know how, you know, sometimes when that word hits your spirit, sometimes you ain't glad. Gladness is always a flesh response to something. Huh? Woo! And high-fiving people. Superficial. Sometimes you need to hear a sermon and go home and cry. Huh? God, please forgive me for thinking about myself all the time. That's a big problem. We're always into us. Huh? If the sermon can't get us rich, you know, you you even want the, the word to brush your teeth for you. You know what I'm saying? We, it were to do everything. It's just, I got up, mm, my teeth were so shiny. And just from, read the word. Huh? Seriously. <laughs> huh? Gladness is always. It, now, I'm not saying that you don't get it in your spirit. But there's a, a response to God's word. There are different responses to God's word. A tip off when people want to be glad to hear what they hear in a sermon. A tip off is they're not open to everything. So these people hear the word with gladness. And then when they don't get so glad off of it anymore, then they're ready to quit. Huh? That pastor was talking about me. I hope you talk about me every day if I'm sitting under your word. You understand what I'm saying? That's what I go for. Huh? You go to get help. Huh? What is wrong with people? You're in danger when it don't touch you and you go regularly. Something ain't right. You need to receive, we need to receive the word with a determination to put it into practice. Not so much glad all the time. You must first hide the word in your heart. And when I say hide, that means don't let nothing take it out of there. Protect it. Receive the word with the intent to do the word. Not judge whether it's a good sermon or not or whatever. Or it's interesting. A humble heart receives the word. God gives grace to the humble. Humble people accept what God feeds them. Oh boy, we on that subject again. Yeah, until you do what you're supposed to do, we'll be there. You have to believe that what God feeds you is what you need. That word will sustain you as you remove obstacles from your heart. Many times God will move us to help others when we feel we have nothing to help them with. Just to prove to us that he's God. You don't have to succumb to an uncomfortable life. Even when you have symptoms in your body, you can have peace. You can have peace with God. He can move you up to a higher place of existence in him so that you're not experiencing the full brunt, amen, of what it is that's afflicting your body. But the word will prevail and heal our bodies every single time if it's held on to. The Bible says if you continue in his word, 
All these people, the parable of the soil, they, they love the word for a season. And then after a while, something happened to cause them to abandon the word and it didn't produce much fruit. But allow that word to enter into your heart and remain there. Matthew thirteen fifteen says we can be healed at any time. That's why people can go to a, a, a meeting, a healing meeting, and all their symptoms leave. And then we think it takes forever sometimes to get healed. It just depends. It depends on the, the attention that you give the word of God. Sometimes you sit there in a healing service and, and pay total attention, full attention, take notes instead of just waiting for lunch and then the next thing. Huh? They say, oh, Barb, trying to get prophetical on us today. Yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> Matthew 13. See, it's easy to tune out of the word. You know, attention spans aren't sometimes what we want them to be. But hang in there, gang. Amen. Just keep fighting the good fight. Jesus said, for this people's heart is wax gross. In other words, it's hardened. And their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes they have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, be converted, and I heal them. That's the process. You see with your eyes and hear with your ears. It means full attention. And understand with your heart. And then you're converted. Now, is that going to happen all in one setting? I don't know. For some people it does. But what do you care? What you want to do is get healed. You don't care how long the process is, when it's going to take place. But as long as you give the word your full attention, see with your eyes, hear with your ears, understand with your heart. Amen. And then God converts you. The conversion is up to him. The timing of the conversion is up to him. It's like a lot of people we've been praying for for a long time for their salvation. huh? Some people you almost given up on. You hanging in there by a slender thread. Tell the truth. huh? Because you haven't seen anything. Well, God is... is Working to get their full attention. They got to get their full attention first. And then they see with their eyes. And hear with their ears. And understand with their hearts. Seeing and hearing. They watch you. Huh? So let's get with it. Be a Christian 24-7. Let's be on the J-O-B. Uh-huh. You can't be going to a family function not speaking to nobody. Huh? Telling everybody off. Huh? Terrorizing the party. Huh? <laughs> I do that when it's at my house. When it's at my house, I call the shots. If I go over there, I have to humble myself today, little rules and regulations, et cetera, et cetera. Amen. This year, the first time we had a, a prayer prayer request box. Huh? 
And now some people say, oh, why didn't she think about that before? I just did. It was time. All before one time. You got me? You do these things when it's time. You don't just jump the gun and say, oh, let's have a prayer request box. Nobody puts anything in it. They don't trust you. They don't know enough about you. They've been lying on you all this time. So you got to let your witness live long enough for the lies to go away. This is true. You know, devil telling me, she thinks she's better than everybody. You go in there, you have to take your shoes off. Now, if you were walking on beige carpet, what would you do? See, I know all the devil's tricks. You know what I do? I buy dollar store footies for everybody. Take shoes off, free footies. Let's have a love fest here. Huh? You know, I've lived long enough for God that I understand that he will give me an answer in every situation. Because I don't really care about me. I care about them going to hell if they don't all confess Christ and really live for God. You understand what I'm saying? And once they live for God, keep living for God stronger. You got me? So I'm relentless in the way that I pursue the things of God. Because I know for everybody who's half-stepping, you understand what I'm saying? The devil is right there to pull them back, and they may not get in. You understand? So you keep praying. You keep believing God for them to totally convert. huh? Be crazier than I am about the things of God. You understand what I'm saying? You keep in there. Don't, don't settle for, well, they confess Christ. They all right. Seriously? Are you God? What do you say? We're to occupy until he comes. Keep occupying. Huh? People make these feeble confessions out of pressure. We put pressure on them, you know, and get them in a little prayer circle. And you, you gotta, you gotta beat that junk out of them with your prayers and with your faith and your believing. Huh? Going to church and fornicating. You understand? Ain't a wedding in a marriage nowhere. I sometimes I'll say, remember, I do weddings. Free for family members. I don't even get a family discount. It's free. We desperate now. Somebody in the family brought a brought a girlfriend over. I said, "You like my nephew?" She said, "I love him." I said, "Girl, get in touch with me." I said, "We gonna pray." I said, "When it's time to get married, you get I do them free for family members. You get the family discount, which is free." They doing everything else. Well, how can you do that? You don't know if she the one. She's good enough. (laughs) 
I'm about all the relatives not going to hell. They got to live with each other. I don't. Where were we? We're talking about healing. huh? See with your eyes, hear with your ears, understand with your heart. Be converted. You're praying for loved ones to understand the gospel in their hearts so they can be converted. You don't get a pressurized confession out of them. And they go back to live in the same old way. When the Holy Spirit comes in your heart through repentance, he changes you. He don't sit on the sidelines and let you go do the same thing. He don't let you do the same thing he used to do, or me either. It's the same with everybody. There's no easy gospel. There's no soft gospel. There's only one gospel. And that is sold out 100% to God. And that's the best life for them. They're not missing anything for not being able to sin. Are you kidding me? And don't let the devil tell you that either. They're having too good of a time. They're miserable. They just don't let you know it. Huh? <laughs> they, want, they, want you, they want to make you think you're the miserable one. Huh? <laughs> Praise God. Ms. Wanda, why don't you put on some music? We're going to pray for folk if they want. I tell you what, I'll pray for people. If you want to pray for the sick, now I know some of you have had this before, but we're going to do it again. You know why I believe in doing that? Because I do it until you see some results. Now don't get into this goofy, oh, you're already anointed, you don't need to do that. Or they'll tell you, well, if you're healed, don't go up to the altar. We're imparting the anointing. If nothing else, it'll make you feel better. <laughs> and it'll heal you too. Amen. So why don't you do that, Miss Wanna? Put on some music and we'll pray for people. If you want to receive the power of God to pray for the sick yourself, you can come up too. But we're going to pray for you. Do what God wants us to do today. <laughs> 